I choose me. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to every listening. Please subscribe to every watching. It definitely means a lot to me. Week four of the NFL has brought clarity to a couple things when we talk about some teams and and when we talk about where some teams are moving and what direction. Yes, I understand this is a 17-game season, but week four, things are starting to play out in ways that some could have probably expected, some may not have expected. Let's talk about it. Let's 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 start this week four breakdown. Let's start with the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings beating the Saints twenty-eight to twenty-five. This game was in London, or nine a nine thirty game on this side. Uh, <laughs> these are the games that the Vikings should win. You know, you're there. The Saints are without Jameis Winston. They were without Michael Michael Thomas. They're without a, a couple big pieces, and. You're going up against backup quarterback Andy Dalton. Like, these are the games you're supposed to win. Now, if it wasn't for a double doink at the end of the game, the Saints could have very well put this in over or took this in overtime. Jarvis Landry played well. Andy Dalton did play well. Um, but these games, you know, the Vikings, these, these are the games. When your opponent is down, especially their starting quarterback, you have to win those games. Now, there are teams where the starting quarterback and – the backup quarterback aren't that far apart, which we'll talk about when we when we talk about the Dallas Cowboys. But Andy, when you bring in your backup quarterback, right? You hear this a lot when you bring in, and like I said, we'll talk about this when we talk about Dallas. But when you bring in your backup quarterback, there should be a if you're a if you're a if you're a great quarterback, there should be a significant drop-off from your backup quarterback to your starting quarterback. And there really isn't a significant drop-off when we talk about Jameis Winston and Andy Dole not saying that, you know, when Jameis Winston's on, he it is significant. But we also know the the turnover situations and, and problems that he kind of has, but it is what it is. The Saints beat the – or no, the Vikings beat the Saints 28-25. The Falcon, the Falcons beat the Browns twenty-three to twenty. There is a trend in the NFL that I do not understand for the life of me. It is it, it had losing. The trend is this: when you have a dominant running game, or when you have a really good running back, why do you elect to throw the ball at the one or at the goal line, at the one yard line, at the two yard line? Like that doesn't make sense. That's one. That's the biggest reason why the the Browns lost. That's the biggest reason why the Seahawks lost in the Super Bowl was it two thousand and fifteen or something? Like that. I don't understand why people do that. 
the Falcons didn't do that much more than the Browns. It was just poor decision making. Now, the Browns, a start, a, a concern that I'm starting to see now. Yes, Miles Garrett did not play. We know about the well. He was in a car accident. He's fine. It's just he didn't play. They want to give him the week. That was huge. But the a, a problem that I'm starting to see with the the Browns is their front, their their defensive front is not as good as it should be. Even now, yes, again, I understand that Miles Garrett didn't play, but when you have some of the pieces that they have, and even on the back end, you have Newsom, you have. Uh, Denzel Ward, their defense isn't that good. And I wonder how it's going to be once, you know, Deshaun Watson gets back. But, and of course, Miles Garrett, uh, I'm all, I'm definitely contributing to the reason why they lost. But the Falcons didn't do that much better. Cordell or Cordero Patterson, who was out uh, for a couple weeks, played well. It is what, you know, the Falcons, I like, I like, uh, Mon- I like Marcus Mariota, went to Oregon, one of the biggest reasons why I like him, Heisman winner. But this, the, the Falcons just don't really seem as explosive as they should be. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. The Bills beat the Ravens 23-20. to Now, this game had a lot of controversy, a lot of talk around it because of the ending. Uh, the Ravens were dominating this game. I think they were up 20-3. to and ended up clearly losing 23 to 20. Now, a lot of talk and hoopla comes with should the Ravens have gone for it at the end of the game instead of kick the easy field goal. You have one of, if not the greatest field goal kicker in NFL history and Justin Tucker on the sideline. You need like a 20, 20 yard kick. Bada bing, bada boom, you you're up three points. Instead, you elect to go for it at on fourth down. Lamar Jackson damn near gets sacked, throws it, interception, game over. Or the the Bills come down, win the game. We can we can argue until we're blue to the face uh if it was a smart decision or not. A lot of people say that it was a smart decision due to the fact of when you look at the play and how the play escalated, Lamar Jackson had two players that were open. You had DeVernay uh, was open in the back of the end zone, and you had another player, I think the running back at the time, was open in the flats. If you would have hit either one of them, more than likely it would have been a touchdown. So you have player people that say, you know, it was a smart decision. The, the defense, yo, the Ravens defense, man. Continues to give up plays, big plays consistently. But, like I said, we can argue if it was a smart decision to go for it or not. What we can argue was the result. And the result is it didn't work. Bills come down. here At this point, it's 2020, and they hit a field goal to win the game. Go ahead, field goal. So we can't argue was it smart. We can argue if it worked or not, and that didn't work. Because if, you know, the people that say that wasn't smart to go for it, if you would have made it, bada bing, bada boom, you, the game would have, or the game possibly could have been over because it was a dogfight the entire game. On the flip side, I understand the people that say, hey, get the easy points. It's a 2020 game. Your defense, while 
going while giving up 20 straight points at the time. You know, your defense just needs one stop. I get it. I get it. But one thing that uh, I am noticing about the bill, like the game that we saw is these teams are pretty much mm, let me let's let's move forward let's move forward we'll talk about it at the end the cowboys beat the commanders 25 to 10 and then it goes it go this goes back to my point when i was talking about the the backup to starting gap there's a lot of people that you know cooper rush is 4-0 as a starter there's a lot of people that saying that there should be a quarterback, you know, quarterback competition of who should start. Dak Prescott makes like five times what Cooper Rush makes into the quarterback discussion. But that is the, that's the situation I feel we see Dallas in. And that is, to me, not a good situation to be in. And what, what do I mean by that? We talked about earlier the difference, the gap, the gap size between your starting quarterback, and your backup quarterback. It should be significant. The reason why it should be significant is because if you if, – if there is a problem if your backup is either better or on the same level as your starting quarterback. That, that That's a problem. For instance, look at Kansas City Chiefs. Look at Patrick Mahomes, and I think his backup is Chad Henney. Do you see how how much a mountain of difference that is as far as talent-wise? Chad Henney is a good backup, really good backup. He is not Patrick Mahomes. I think look at look at Josh Allen. I think his backup is Mike Glennon. I don't know, but sizable gap. An even closer person, like someone that, if you really look, is closer but still a wide gap, is Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley. And the only reason why I say it's closer is because Tyler Huntley is able to run around the pocket and and do things with his legs. However, there is a sizable gap between him and Lamar Jackson. When you look at this Dallas Cowboys team, there's not that that much a gap between Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott is better. Don't get me wrong. Dak Prescott is clearly better than Cooper Rush, but not that much better. And that to me is what's a big problem that's or there's that's the big problem that Cap, the Cowboys have. In this situation, this is why they there can be a quarterback controversy. Cuz there's not that big of a gap. And well, yes, I'm not here saying Cooper Rush is better. Dak Prescott is clearly better than Cooper Rush, but by not by not not that much. Look at this. Look at the stats and look at the statistics with Dak Prescott on the like while playing and while Cooper Rush is playing with the Cowboys. They're damn near identical. Now, I will give Dallas credit. They are winning. Uh, You're seeing a lot of Ezekiel Elliott. You're seeing a lot of Tony Pollard. The defense, Michael Parsons, is looking like one of them ones. Uh, CeeDee Lamb had a big game. Michael Gallup came back and and caught a touchdown against the Commanders. But 
that is what I'm seeing with Dallas. And and that to me is is the situation that to me is a situation that I'm not saying that's what's wrong with that. I think I might have said that, but I didn't. Yeah, that's not what's wrong with Dallas, but that is a problem to me. And that's why it's hard for me and a lot of people to put Dak Prescott in that upper echelon of quarterbacks because when you're not even drastically better than your backup, and that's no offense to the Cowboys. Hell, the Cowboys are 3-1 and one right now. Pretty, very good. But that is what we're seeing. The Cowboys are winning the same exact way they would be winning if it was with Dak Prescott. That, that's another thing. When Tyler Huntley and Lamar, when, when Lamar Jackson is on the when Tyler Huntley is on the field, you have to take out plays. When 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 uh when Chad Henney is on the on the field outside of Patrick Mahomes, there's a lot of plays that can't even be run. You can't even imagine running those plays with Chad Henney because he's not even close to the talent level of Patrick Mahomes. Cooper Rush doesn't even look like any of their plays have changed. It looks like the same Cowboys. Now, again, that's still getting you wins, but, I mean, you know, this is what it is. And let me, I feel like I come in here every week and crap on the Commanders or Washington. And rightfully so. But there's a constant. I'm going to say it. It's I'm going to say it. When we talked about um, Pete Carroll, and first of all, before I keep going, shouts out to Seattle. I was wrong about Seattle. They're, they are a lot better than I thought they were. I thought that Seattle was going to be one of the worst teams in the league, and they have proven me wrong. No, they're not one of the best, but they have been a lot better than I thought they were. But back to the commanders. To me, one of the biggest problems with the commanders is they're stuck. They're stuck running something that they're not even good at running. They're stuck in an era that they're not really even good and wouldn't be good in that era. Think about it. Washington has names. Jonathan Allen. Deron Payne, Marte, Mar, uh, Montrez Sweat, Carson Wentz, Terry McLaurin, Chase Young, Antonio Gibson. They have names. But as a collective, they're not good. Carson Wentz can't really do much because the offensive line is so poor. The, the the defensive front is good. But the back end of the defense is god-awful. And when I tell you, I'm not really one to call for a coach's job. 
or a coaching staff job, but when you're as when when you I don't play football clearly, and when I can predict what's about to happen, what Ron Rivera or or Del Rio's about to or Scott Turner what they're about to call, and it happens, I say okay. Hmm. I just feel like when I say they're stuck in an era, bro. There's there, you see a lot of these. Look at the teams that aren't the best. What's what? What's something that they have in common? They have a defensive first head coach. The Commanders. The the Lions. The Texans. Well, yeah, the Texans. The Bears. The Steelers, the Panthers, the Patriots. You see the theme here? Ron Rivera is supposed to be a defensive-minded coach. I mean, we know the claim to fame as far as getting the the Carolina Panthers that's led by Cam Newton, a very good defense, Luke Keekley. Uh They got them. He got them to the championship. They lost, but he got them there. But Ron Rivera has been with Washington, what, three years now? And every single year they've regressed. Every single year they've regressed. I don't think Carson Wentz is the quarterback that can lead a team to a Super Bowl. At least this Carson Wentz that we've seen since the injury. But I don't think Carson Wentz is this bad. I mean, hell, Carson Wentz, I think, is top five right now in 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 uh, in passing yards. Like, Carson Wentz ain't terrible. But because it's off, it's, man, I'm not one to call for somebody's job usually, but... Something has to give in in Washington. There shouldn't be. There should be no reason why this this roster has the names that it has, and be this bad. Like they're one in three, but they're like, I'm surprised at that one. So, the Seahawks beat the Lions forty eight to forty five. Again, shouts out to the Seahawks. I was a lot. I was definitely off on the Seahawks, man. They have been great. Um, also, we know the the whole DK Metcalf, you know, pulled a Paul Pierce, had to use the bathroom, getting carted off. It happens. It is what it is. I will say this: the Lions are the best one and three team I've seen in a while. Yo, they are. They're the they're the only team I can ever imagine be top five. I think in scoring. And still be one and three. Like they are, every game it's a, it's a dog fight with the with the. I mean, they beat the Commanders, but with the Eagles, with the Seahawks, it's they're 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 tough, man. Hell, one and three, and they score forty five points, and I think they're like leading the league or, or top five in scoring. That's crazy to me. But, hey, it is what it is. Congratulations to the Seahawks. Again, I apologize to the Seahawks. At least so far in the season, they've been a lot better than I thought they would be. So, 
The Chargers uh, beat the Texans 34-24. to that it was a sloppy game, which you kind of knew it. You know, first game without Rashawn Slater, uh, Joey Bosa is going to be out a couple weeks due to a groin injury. Which, what's his name? Joey uh, Justin Herbert still has the rib cage thing, but they were able to come out and win. The Texans are still the Texans, even though I think Davis Mills, their quarterback, he you know quad is kept. He's been really good. In fact. Let me see something, because he has been a lot better than projected. And while you can say, you know, last year was an anomaly or whatever, he's been good. Yeah, Davis Mills, 25 for 35, 26 for 35, uh, 246 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. I, I get the interceptions are bad, but he's been really good. He looks like a starting quarterback, like a, a legit starting quarterback, not saying that he is a top-tier quarterback, but – Davis Mills is to me there shouldn't be a quarterback converse you know he's been good so I will say that shouts out to but shouts out to the Chargers for beating the Texans uh, thirty four to twenty four the Titans beat the Colts twenty four to seventeen now I know Shaq Leonard left with a broken broken nose I think he also has concussion so he's definitely out uh, on Thursday night football when they play. The uh, or tomorrow when they play uh, the Broncos, but something just isn't right with this Colts team, man. I know it's not right with it, they just don't have enough skilled players. Jonathan Taylor is out or walking around with a boot, I think he may have a sprained ankle. I don't know if he's gonna play, but. They just don't have enough good players. They don't have enough skilled players. They don't have enough players on the wide. They don't have the wide receiver core, which can really create separation. Outside of Jonathan Taylor, the offensive line hasn't been that good. Uh, Matt Ryan hasn't been the Matt Ryan that they thought they would be. He would be. It's just this team, the defense, of course, excuse me, the defense has been going through injury after injury. The Colts are just bad, man. The Colts are one and two, one, two and two, or one, two and one, I'm sorry. And they that is their record. And I know I know it's clearly, but that is how they've been playing. They've been playing like one, two, and one. It isn't hasn't been good. The Titans didn't do much to win. I mean, yeah, uh Derrick Henry had <clears throat> a really good game, but and they did lose uh Burks to an injury. Hopefully he he gets that straight, but yeah, no, it's been yeah. The Giants uh beat the Bears twenty to twelve. Uh let me first say to me, even though to me Brian Dayball should be a leading candidate, if not a top five candidate for coach of the year. This Giants team looks drastically different than what we've seen in the in the previous years. Um Saquon Barkley looks like he's back. Uh, now, Daniel Jones, he does have a high ankle sprain or does have an ankle sprain. See if he'll be good. I think he's day-to-day. Tyrod Taylor, who came in for him, went head up with a, with a linebacker and now is out with a concussion. I hope he's good. But this Giants team looks drastically different than than what we've seen in the past, man. 
this team looks good. Now, I don't think that they're good enough to, you know, I don't think they're the best team in the NFC East, and I don't I don't think that they're good enough to make noise as far as the big, big boys. But the, the team has been really good, man. And, and I will say Brian Dayball deserves to be in the Coach of the Year conversation. The Bears, man. The Bears are bad. The Bears are bad. Uh, Justin, Justin Fields didn't look good again. He was running for his life again. There's not, there's not a unit that is good on this team. There's a player, right? Raquan Smith, he is really good. Uh, Mooney, I think his name is the the wide receiver number eleven. I think he's good, but there's not a good unit on this team, not one. Again, good players, not a good unit. Uh, yeah, the Bears are bad, man. The Bears are bad. Even though they are two and two, the Bears are bad. The Eagles beat the Jaguars 29 to 21 again. The Eagles look like the best team in the NFC. They look like the most complete team. They were down 20 or 14 to 0, came back and scored I think like 25 unanswered points or something like that. The Eagles are the Eagles. The Eagles look good. Jalen Hurts to me because Lamar Jackson lost, I'll, I'll probably put him as number one as far as the MVP candidate right now. He looks great. This team looks great. And and Trevor Lawrence, man, I think he became like the first quarterback in this era to have four fumbles, four lost fumbles at that. He has a turnover problem. He he shows flashes of greatness. However, he also shows flashes that he has a turnover problem. And to me, if he doesn't get that rectified, then there's always going to be a ceiling. There's always going to be a cap on how good he can be, how good uh, the Jaguars can be. And I don't know if he's able to get that situated because this is what year two where or year three, I think where he still has a turnover problem. So, but yeah, the Eagles, man, <laughs> they look, they they are, in my opinion, the clear-cut best team in the NFC. So, right now at least. The Jets, no, yeah, the Jets beat the Steelers 24-20. to uh, Kenny Pickett era has begun. Mitch Trubisky was benched for Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett did throw two interceptions, I believe. One of them was Chase Claypool. The first one was Chase Claypool's fault. The second one was Kenny Pickett's fault. He kind of threw Pat Fairmont a, a little too high. Uh, got tipped and bada bing, bada boom. But the Steelers aren't good. The Steelers aren't good. A lot. It. it I, I do think that. I was I was a little surprised. I, I was expecting maybe week eight or or eight to ten that we'd see Kenny Pickett, but at this point, Mitch Trubisky is not um, is not the future, and and clearly he's not the present. He's not able to lead you to wins. He's not able to to spark this offense. And if Kenny Pickett can do that, then hey, start him. I mean, he's a number. He's a first round pick for a reason. So, uh, but yeah. The Jets, Zach Wilson came back, probably one of the best games they've had in a while. I do, I am not forgetting that T.J. Watt was not playing, and I'm not taking away from the Jets, but that just is what it is. And, yeah, man, moving forward, Kenny Pickett, I just, I don't think, 
from what we've seen from Kenny Pickett, he's better than Mitch. I'll say that. Uh, he, he brings more of a spark. But can he lead this team to the playoffs? I don't think so. Now, if I'm wrong, like I'm not – I'm not here to I, – I will say I'm wrong. I just don't think so. Uh, but maybe with time he could he could be there, a parent of Big Ben. Who knows? But uh, all I will say is the, the era of Kenny Pickett has begun. So The Cardinals beat the, Cardinals beat the Panthers 26-16. to 16. Brother, first of all, I, you know, pray, praying sent prayers to to JJ Watt. I know he had a heart situation that got leaked that he had to he had he had to talk about. Um, I can imagine, man, uh, it's it's tough, and people are kind of bashing him. Like, why did you play? You never know how people uh, deal with things and adjust to things, and maybe TJ Watt's way of dealing with what the week brought him was to play football. Who knows? Hell. I'm not a professional basketball player, but I know if I get stressed out, I know if something at home is is bothering me, first thing I think about doing is going to hoop. It is what it is. So I pray for G.J. Watt and his health. And boy, oh boy, Baker Mayfield is not good. You can say that all all the problems that we're seeing with Baker Mayfield currently is due to being on a new team and adjusting, but that's not the case because we saw this towards the end of his Cleveland Browns era. Did you know he has like the worst QBR in the league? It, I think his QBR is like 16 or something, like 15. Baker Mayfield has been terrible. And... You can't say it's the weapons because he has weapons. You have Christian McCaffrey. You have DJ Moore. You have Robbie Anderson. The offensive line, your offensive line was better in Cleveland than it is in in Carolina, but they're both not bad. The defense is not bad. J.C. Horn, like it's, it's bad when people are start. People are 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 the production that you're getting from. Baker Mayfield, who was a number one overall pick, might I add, you can get the same exact production from from Sam Darnold. The only reason why he's not playing is because he's hurt. Packers, no. Uh, the Packers won twenty seven to twenty four against the Patriots. The Patriots had to go to the third string quarterback. Uh, we know Mac Jones was hurt with a high ankle sprain. We also know that uh, Brian Hoyer left the game. And so they were Bailey Zappy. Shouts out to the Baileys in the world. That's my sister's name. Uh, but the Packers won. Here's the thing. I think the Packers are going to be okay. The, you, Romeo, uh, Romeo Dobbs looks, even though he did, he fumbled two, two big plays. Um, there has to be a level of patience with this team. The defense is still good. Uh, the running game is still good. It's just that the wide receiver core, it looks like it's getting better. Uh, we need to see, again, Lazard is, is making big plays. Uh, we, Dobbs needs to this, – this, there needs to be patience. Even though they are 3-1, three and, three and one, there needs to be patience with this team. And I, the, the scary part about it is – while yes, you need to be patient, you're dealing with a quarterback who's not who is traditionally not patient, and that is Aaron Rodgers. With how great he is, he's not the most patient when it comes to young players. 
hell, it took Devontae Adams three years to, to be his number one receiver. I don't know if you got three years in this, man. So that's all I'm saying, man. Uh, but they did beat the Patriots uh, 27-24. It is what it is. The Steelers, I mean, the Raiders beat the Broncos 32-23. to Yet again. I'm not usually one to call for somebody's job, but there's no way that you can look at what's going on in Denver and think that Nathaniel Hackett is working. This offense looks so pedestrian, bro. Uh, Prayers up to Javante Williams. He tore his ACL and his LCL, so he's out for the season, which means that you have to depend on Aaron Gordon, Melvin Gordon, who has – a fumbling problem. It feels like every single game, Melvin Gordon is fumbling the damn ball. It seems like almost every single game, death, Texas, and Melvin Gordon fumbling the ball. I'm surprised that this man still has a job in the NFL how many times he freaking fumbles the ball. It just not, It's not working in, in Denver with Nathaniel Hackett. He has, uh, it feels like a crayon-type offense. It just doesn't look like it's working. You you expect me to believe that Russell Wilson just fell off a cliff between the beginning of last year? And he hurt his hand, by the way. The beginning of last year to now, he just fell off a cliff and is terrible now? It's not working, bro. There's There's players, there's people that, are coordinators and really good coordinators. Hell, Nathaniel Hackett is probably a great coordinator. Just doesn't mean he's a good head coach. Hell, homie at Oklahoma. Oklahoma just got drubbed by TCU. I think he's a good coordinator because he was the coordinator for Clemson. I forgot his name. Doesn't mean he probably is a great coach. It's not working in Denver, man. It's not, bro. It's not. So, the Chiefs beat the Buccaneers forty-one to thirty, forty-one to thirty-one. Uh, you you very rarely see when the heir apparent goat and then like the upcoming goat play against each other, and you kind of see the torches getting passed. But that's what we saw, man. Yo, Patrick Mahomes makes the most unorthodox passes look normal to him. Like we it it's it's crazy, man. This Chiefs team, especially the offense, is good. For people that are saying that they were gonna fall off a cliff because of Tyreek Hill, I ain't seen it. They look really good. Um in the Bucks, their offense, man, even though Tom Brady had a good he statistically was good, he it's when you don't, when Chris Godwin's still hurt, I've told, I don't even know if Julio Jones played. Um, Mike Evans is still Mike Evans, but this team, it's not that good as far as offensively. They just, they're just not. Leonard Fournette hasn't been that good. It's, it just hasn't been good, man. It hasn't been good. But shouts out to the Chiefs. And Monday Night Football, the 49ers beat the Rams 24-9, to and this game went exactly how I thought it could go. Now, I know I picked the Rams to win, but for some reason, bro, there's always there's a team, man. There's always a team that just can't get over the hump, or they just have their number. Like, for instance, I think Tom Brady is like, no, 
Patrick Mahomes is, I think, 9-0 and against the Broncos. That's just how it is. I think Tom Brady is like 7-0 and and 8-0 and against the Cowboys or something like that. It's just... Or, or another, for instance, um, even though it is division, every single time the Patriots play the Dolphins is a good game. The Dolphins can be terrible that year. Any time that they play each other, it's always a good competitive game. Same thing with the, the, the Ravens and Steelers. The Ravens can be undefeated. When they play the Steelers, that's going to be the most physical game they play. I don't know what it is, man. It just feels like the Rams are – the Rams – what it looked like is the Rams are better at quarterback. I would pick Matthew Stafford over Jimmy G. However, it feels like watching the game on Monday, it looked like the Raven, I mean, the, the 49ers are better in every single aspect other than quarterback. They dominated the Rams. I don't know what the hell... Allen Robinson, I don't know, do, do they not like Allen Robinson? Have they not been able to just draw up schemes? I don't get it. But Allen Robinson, I was I forgot Cuz was playing. I was like, oh, shit, where's Allen Robinson? They passed to Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, and what's the name? Swassaker? No, that's not his name. I, I apologize to mess up your name. That is not how you say his name. But they, the the second, the, the the other receiver, man, that is not Swastika. That's crazy. I apologize. Uh, Skwornikik? Skwornik. Ben Skwornik. Whatever, bro. Yo, Allen Robinson had six targets for two catches for seven yards, bro. Compared to Cooper Cup, 19... 19 targets, four, 14 receptions for 122 yards. Tyler Higby, who is a tight end, by the way, 10 receptions for 73 yards. Now, I'm not saying that Allen Robinson needs to be on the same level as Cooper Cup as far as targets and receptions, but to get six targets and two receptions, I don't know, bro. It's just they, bro, the 49ers slapped them all around the field it 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 was not it there was a clear better team on the field and that was the the 49ers now they can say that um it's a Super Bowl hangover because if you look the Rams have gotten off to a pretty slow start they're two and two and I think the Bengals yeah the Bengals are two and two I just I don't believe so and this kind of goes back to what I was saying in the beginning or what I was saying earlier. That has been the breakdown. But one thing that week four or up until week four has shown me is there's no dominant team in the league. Every single team has the flaw that could hold them back. I mean, the 49ers, the quarterback position, uh, the Chiefs, they're, they're secondary be yo. Tom Brady was eating them Jones up. Like, the secondary is not that good. Um, Baltimore, they can't sustain a lead to save their life. They, the the Eagles, even though they are the best roster, as we saw being down, uh, going down 14-0 against the, the Jaguars, they can fall into laws offensively. You know, Jalen Hurts can kind of go into his 
oh shoot, what are you doing, Jalen Bag? And, and it could cost them. The Bills. I thought the Bills, even though they are three and one, I thought the Bills were just gonna run through the league. No, the last two weeks they've struggled. I don't know if it's too their run game can't get right, bro. Their running game, it was able to sustain them last year, but they do not have a run game, bro. Even with Devin Singletary and Cook. No. There's not a dominant team, bro. Now that doesn't mean that there's not good teams. Like hell, the Chiefs are are are, are a really good team. The Bills, the Eagles, uh, the Packers, and and of course their wide receiver core. There's the, the Rams and their deep. Yo, I don't understand how. The reason, one of the biggest reasons why I think that there's not a Super Bowl hangover when we talk about the Rams, even though they did win, is because. The same Rams that you saw last year is what we're seeing this year. You see, the Rams went on a hot, just like the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. The Rams went on a hot, like a hot streak. They, they, they went the end of the season to the to the playoffs. They just caught fire, same as the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. But the Rams that we saw in the regular season weren't that good on defense. Outside of Jalen Ramsey and, and Aaron Donald, they weren't that good, even with Von Miller. And they were a little too dependent on Cooper Rush. Even though Cooper Rush had historic year last year, they were a little too dependent on Cooper Rush. And can't, you know, they also had Odell Beckham Jr. towards the end of the season. Now, what are we seeing? The Rams a, a little over dependent on Cooper Rush. You don't get Allen Robinson the ball that much. Cam Akers has fallen off a freaking cliff. And the defense is not good. Even with Jalen Ramsey, even with uh, Aaron Donald, the defense is not that good. So there's not a dominant team. There's good teams, but there's not a dominant team. And I think that that's what's going to play out for the for the rest of the year. I don't think we're going to get a lot of blowouts because I think that these games are a lot. Like, think about it. Let's let's look. The worst blowout that we probably saw this week was, um, and probably Washington. They lost by 15. Well, no, let's say the 49ers and Rams, 24-9. The Rams didn't even score a touchdown. But looking on paper and, and looking from what we've seen this year, do you think the Rams and the 49ers are that much drastically different, or do you think that the 49ers just has their number? Or let's the, – the, what we saw Thursday night, Dolphins against uh, the Bengals. Do you think that there's a drastic difference for that? I just don't think that there's drastic differences. Now, yes, there's that a drastic difference between the Bills and the Falcons. But, you know, th- there's not a dominant team. There's good teams. Don't get me wrong. There's really good teams, but there's not a dominant team. So the parity that people have been asking for, I think we're going to get this year. So, yeah, let's move forward. Uh, it would I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the uh, Phoenix Suns losing to the six thirty Sixers, which is a NBL team for people that don't know National Basketball League, not the National Basketball Association, the National Basketball League. I think that's like Australia. Here's the problem with this. Now, for people that's going to say, yo, there's professionals everywhere, that's true. That's true. There's people that are playing on a professional level. They just weren't able to make it into the professionals. You know, they just, for one reason or another, they just didn't make it in the NBA. Like like Craig Randall. Craig Randall, I think, had like 
he was going crazy. Craig Randall had 35 points. Shot uh, 13 for 21. 9 for 17 from the three. 35 points. Or uh, Robert Franks had 32 points. Like, there's professionals everywhere. So, again, some of them just, for one, from one reason or another, just weren't able to make it in the league. But here's why this loss is so damning. And, yes, I understand it's a preseason. I kind of consider this as when UMBC beat, Villain, uh, beat Virginia. Here's the thing. The NBA is supposed to, and I and I believe wholeheartedly, the NBA has the most talented players, basketball players in the world. That's 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 my feeling. I think the NBA has the most talented basketball players in the world. I don't know another player that's anywhere close to being like Kevin Durant, being like. Giannis being like LeBron James, being like Steph Curry, being like Luka Doncic, being like Nikola Jokic, being like Joel Embiid, being like Jason Tatum, being like uh, John Morant. The NBA harbors the best talent in the world, and you're losing not to a not to a um, G League team. You're losing to an NBL team. Now, yes, I understand it's the it's the preseason, so of course this doesn't matter at all in this grand scheme of the regular season, but this is huge. Now, I'm also not saying that the Phoenix Suns are going to go 0-82, but the Phoenix Suns has major problems, bro. When you lose to an NBL team, and that's no offense to – you know, uh, Craig Randall. There's no offense to Robert Franks. There's no offense to the 60 or 36ers, but the 36ers are not the 76ers. Hell, you're seeing other teams play. I think, I don't remember who it was, but they played a, a, a team and, and beat them by 40 points. It's just a bad look, bro. Cameron Payne. Now, man. It's a bad look. It's a bad look. That's all I'm saying. And lastly, before we go, you know what the problem is with. We've talked about this, so you should know. If you if you listen to the podcast, you watch the podcast. First of all, I appreciate you. Second of all, the problem with some college football organizations is they are stuck in a a era they're stuck in a mindset that they should be better than they are over the weekend uh paul christ if if your name is not christ i apologize jesus i'm sorry but paul christ that's what it looks like your name is spelled was fired from uh was fired as the head coach of the wisconsin badgers I think they they got destroyed by um by Illinois, which you, you can't do. But it kind of it puts into perspective. What do you think? Like, how good do you think that you really are, or you should be? Let's say that. Paul Christ has been the head coach uh, of the Wisconsin Badgers since 2015. Since 2015. 
he is 67 and 26. That's a 70.72% win percentage. To to go even deeper, since 2015, at the 2015 season they went 10 and 3. 2016 season they went 11 and 3. 2017 season they went 13 and 1. 18, 2018 wasn't the best, but they finished eight and five. 2019, they finished ten and two. 2020 pandemic season. In 2021, last year, they finished nine and eight. Or nine and four. I'm sorry. So you have a coach that consistently gives you nine wins a game. Or nine wins a season. Who do the Wisconsin Badgers think they are? I know that they have a history. I know that they have a huge. I know that they have a long-standing history. But think about this. Let's just look at last year, bro. No, forget that. I'll ask you, do you think Wisconsin is better, even even if they had Nick Saban as a coach? Let's say that. Let's say they had Nick Saban as a coach. Wisconsin Badgers. Would you still pick them over Clemson? Would you still pick them over Alabama? Would you pick them over Ohio State? Would you pick them over Penn State? Would you pick them over Michigan? Would you Hell, would you pick them over Michigan State? Would you pick them over TCU? Oklahoma, Iowa State, um, Oregon. What I'm saying is you have to understand who you are and live in that truth. Some teams are Alabama. Some teams are Wisconsin. And I'm not saying Wisconsin's bad, but what I'm saying is when you have a coach that consistently gives you nine wins a season, that mean, to me, he's overachieving because since what? Uh, Jonathan Taylor, who has Wisconsin had? Like, am I com- am I missing something? They had Melvin Gordon, Jonathan Taylor, Russell Wilson. Who else? Who else receiving? Is there any receivers? Who? Who? No one. I got Monty Ball. Yeah, he was he was all right, but that wasn't even that was in two thousand nine. Yeah, bro. You know it's bad when you have players coming out and saying, uh, players players that are still playing today, coming out and saying that it was it was bad. Like they they don't agree with it. Mm-mm. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. But hey, now Wisconsin fires one of the best coaches they've ever had. Now they're, I guess, they're going to be national champions now. There you have it. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. If you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. A, it's getting cold out there. Go get your hoodies. Go get your sweaters. Go get your crew neck. Go get them today. I appreciate you guys. If you want to pop, if you uh, 
please subscribe to every listening. Please subscribe to every watching. And until next time, much love. I'm been stuck by a trip when I walk. I'm bringing pressure they run when I walk. I kick the bitch out the Jeep, told her walk. Yeah, I jump on these beats and I walk. Slide, keep on sliding, walk. Object, keep on dying, walk. Spin around, spin around, walk. Step down, step down, walk. Mm, Hellcat came with his sauce. The switch out on me must be lost. Pay to be cold at the boss. Can the paint, maybe it close. Your bitch in hell, she getting toast. But guess on my neck look like frost. I'm busting chips in the office. I play defense in office. Run up, you get stuck on, I'm a demon, I throw crosses Ran out with my vest on, no such thing as being too cautious I took all my losses to the chin and then I charged it Fresh out of prison, I'm already spinning, I'm right back where I started Two, two, threes in the cartridge, five, five, sixes and switches Ain't spending none of you bitches, won't sip it, ain't getting it from me My niggas love me, it ain't by the money, cause they get to spend it for free I'm from the city, no pity, little nigga went missing the other day, he was just three I'm been stuck by a trip when I walk. I'm bringing pressure, they run when I walk. I kick the bitch out the Jeep, told her walk. Yeah, I jump on these beats and I walk. Slide, keep on sliding, walk. Object, keep on dying, walk. Spin around, spin around, walk. Step down, step down, walk. Walk, 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 walk. Picked up a bag when I walk in. I fuck this bitch, not a nigga, keep stalking my page. I got too many ushers to main. I fuck all of my bitches the same. Turned in the jack for a range. I did the dash like dang. She see my wrist, I said, dang, all of my fresh out the pan. Wall the whip and walk around the kitchen with the pot right in my hand. Walk, step, slide, spin, ain't no perk, fives, ten. Big size rim, my cousin walking, talk me this. Don't even lie, I walk, what you call dialing, wasn't you my fault. 1.5 in a vault, I'm on the blogs every time that I talk. 13 cars, but I'm still gonna walk, and I'm on lean today. Now I got behind me, they didn't even chase. They don't fuck with me, cause they know they can't. I'm been stuck by a drip when I walk. I'm bringing pressure, they run when I walk. I kick the bitch out the Jeep, told her walk. Yeah, I jump on these beats and I walk. Slide, keep on sliding, walk. Object, keep on dying, walk. Spin around, spin around, walk. Step down.